Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. All right, our guests are now on the line. That is uh, AMCO President uh, Joseph Matunjo as well as uh, the NUM's uh, Deputy President, Philip Villagazi. Good morning to you both and thank you so so much for your time. How are you with your listeners? We're very well. Thank you so much, Mr. Velagazi. Let's start with you. I'm sure you've heard from some of our, our, our listeners this morning, and they talk about how, uh, you know, they believe that unionists, in fact, have become politicians. They care nothing about the plight of workers. Do you believe that you're still the vehicle that can, uh, you know, tackle worker issues? Thank you very much, Bongiwe. The, the annual of the existence of trade unions in the economy of South Africa, it depends who is talking and from which angle. Some of the people who are talking, they have never been employees themselves. That's why they will say they don't need unions, because they don't know the purpose of a union. Hmm. And as for you, Mr. Matunjo? As long as we still have this thing called an employer, hmm. an employee, a union is not, is not something that you can think is an option, it's a must. Hmm. Because... Hmm. Aspiration of workers will vary from one sector to another. We need trade unions for many reasons. Among others, is compliance issue. A union is not is is not a bulletproof kind of. It's an agent of change. Workers among themselves elect leaders. We don't parachute people from somewhere to come and lead us. Mm. We are workers. We are led by ourselves. And one thing that you must understand, some people who are talking, they pretend to be experts, but they read, whatever they read, they read biases. I'm an employee, for an example, I work for Moliko. I'm a deputy president of, 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 of NUM. If you talk workers, you talk to me because I'm an employee. I know what you're talking about. The influence of workers in the whole thing, whether you want to automate the working place, that particular automatic machine must be operated by a person. All right. I'm going to give um, Mr. Matunjwa a chance as well to respond directly to that question. Mr. Matunjwa, thank you so much for your time as well. Um, some of our listeners this morning, um, you know, when they're being asked if they believe that labor unions are still the best vehicle to address worker issues in South Africa, they say that actually not because unions themselves have become more concerned about lining their pockets and being, um, you know, politicians themselves. How do you respond? Okay, I think we have a problem with uh, Mr. Matunjo's line. We'll come back to him. Let me stay with you, uh, Mr. Villagazi. You know, one of the things that, of course, um, we then see is that sometimes on a day like tomorrow, which is Workers' Day, uh, you know, some of the workers do not even feel that there's anything to, to, to mark or to celebrate because for them, this particular day has absolutely either very little or no meaning at all. Briefly share with us your reflections ahead of tomorrow. Like I said initially, and as morning to Matunjwa in absentia, what is important on tomorrow's day, May Day is a clear historic day. You know, mm. if you hate history, you will always think as if life starts from where you are. There has been life before you. That, that is the first thing we must accept. We are going to celebrate May Day, whether somebody feels it has got an impact or not. 
Let me highlight four key areas why people feel May Day is not relevant. Democratic processes have allowed people to live the life of their choice. A very sizable number of workers are indebted. Mm. They want to see themselves at work every day because the employer-employee system of South Africa, it is, it is still in the, in the view of workers being regarded as slaves, including those who are managers. Because the owners of business in South Africa, especially in the private sector, owners of the business, they don't even know the premises where they operate because they have got junior slaves or senior slaves in the form of management. And, 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 and I'm going to come back to that because I want us to talk about what then do you do in that particular regard, and especially given how the picture has changed when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic. But I do understand that Mr. Matunja is now back with us on the line. Mr. Matunja, I hope you can hear us now. Thank you so much for your time. Some of the listeners this morning are saying that, um, you know, for them, labor unions um, have become more about lining their pockets. And in fact, they've become more of politicians than uh, you know, championing worker issues. How do you respond? Good morning to you and good morning to Comrade uh, Deputy President and to your listeners this morning. Morning, morning, President. Yeah, uh, good morning, good morning. If there was no union, in particular in South Africa, how many workers would have been by these companies without any accountability? How many workers are killed in every workplace without any accountability today? Mine health and safety, for instance. We are still fighting the amendment of mine health and safety. Workers are forced to work in a very dangerous environment. And when the worker dies, who go and fight? I mean, the employer. You don't even see the government coming even closer to that. If there was no union at the workplaces, where would these workers be? So I, I think Comrade President Villagas is correct to say it depends which side of the fence you are. Mm. Uh, economic by its nature is politics. You cannot, if they, you cannot differentiate, I mean, exclude union and suggest that if you are a, a union, you should not speak politics. Economics is politics by its nature. So therefore, I mean, where there is an employer-employee relation, there will be such, uh, I mean, uh, uh, what's name, uh, a fight because mm. it's a matter of interest. Now, Mr. Batunjo, you know, we've seen over time um, what some would term um, inter-union rivalry or just, you know, rivalry amongst unions and saying that this could also contribute to, you know, what some in the labor um, circles are calling a decline in memberships. In your view, um, you know, these particular uh, you know, fractions, these particular hostilities that seemingly exist between some of the unions, where do they emanate from? Uh, I mean, union rivalry, I don't know in which term are you referring to. I mean, for instance, just a, a year ago, we were with National Union of Mine Workers at Sibanyi Stillwater. We engaged in one strike. Mm. We were we, we, we blocking unity of which this is what the trade union should do. And if it was not because of that unity, I think the union will be 
could have been destroyed by Neil Froneman and uh, uh, I mean, and its uh, management. And furthermore, in South Africa, there is still a challenge. Those who are saying unions are more political than uh, addressing the issues of the workers than being a union. At Sibani, Comrade Vilagazi can attest to this. The same government ministers were interfering with the labor issues. Huh? Two top ministers of the government were interfering with the bargaining processes, forcing us, I mean, to conclude or to agree uh, to the what's name to the offer of Sibani. So therefore, I mean, you, it's because of the interest at the end of the day. Why should the ministers be so much influential, have much interest in the issues of Sibani? Mm, and, and, and of course, you talk about, you know, what is currently happening now between yourselves and the National Union of Mine Workers. But I mean, when one takes a, basically a look back at 2012, it wasn't, you know, such a similar approach. So I suppose maybe things have improved there in that regard. But let me go to um, Obab Vilagas, you know. OK, OK. Uh, I mean, the 2012 scenario, in as much there were so differences. But remember. The, 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 the influence of the state in that massacre. The state itself and the politicians, they caused this uh, I mean, massacre without any accountability, even today. So, uh, I mean, all this violence that was caused at Marikana, Lone Min massacre, was caused by the state. Instead of the state being the government, they became uh, an, 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 an agent of exploitation, which resulted in killing 34 mine workers. So if the state took its own position as a government and not call for the concomitant action against the workers who were fighting the just uh, what's name cause, and then they decided to side with the employer to protect the interests of foreign directives, which you call it foreign direct investors. And even today, there is no accountability then they will call it a union rival. They, I mean, for instance, at Marikana, Ilon Min, which now is called Sibanyi Steel Water, there was no AMCO there. Huh? There mm. was no, NUM was a the majority trade union. AMCO never put arms and fight NUM. That was a concussion of the state uh, with the employer, which resulted in this massacre. Mr. Velagas, you agree? Well, Vongiwe, my preparation with you was to deal with the relevancy of a union mm. in 2023. Mm. But with the question we have raised, uh, Comrade Joseph Matunjwa is, is clearly on point when he says there was no AMCU. Mm-hmm. And of which is a question that I once asked you. What do you call the celebration in Marikana without NUM? Because people who are killed either during the time workers were killing each other and even during the massacre by police, those people who are killed are NUM members. Mm. You never came clear yourself as media because even yourselves, the way you project issues at some point, you leave much to be desired as to say, who is your master? Because you are far from the truth. When we talk the truth, that's where people are happy when they see us fighting. And and I must be honest. And just to be clear, you, see, you don't mean me personally, right? 
no, no, no. When I, as a person, you are just like me. You are an employee. Mm. You're taking instructions. From who? Your, your bosses. Isn't it that as a presenter, there is somebody you report to? I do, but know... but as a creative, I do have my mind. And right now I can tell you that you and I and Mr. Matunjo are having this conversation independently. Of course, like like I'm saying, underlying factors among uh, you. Uh, mm-hmm. with, with yourself, myself, the Honorable Matunjo, you know how long do we come insofar as this issue is concerned. Mm-hmm. The point he's standing on, that's reality. There was no arm coup. Those people who are killed by police are NWA members. Those people who were killed in the copy, others stepped, others bent to beyond recognition are NWA members. That's why we still want our space to represent those members of the NWA. Mm. That one is a fact. He's correct. Mm. And and before... It's bombing, right? yeah, it's yes, bombing. yes, but Matunjo... A quick one. By saying there was no AMCO, I'm suggesting that I'm, I'm not suggesting, I'm, I'm just saying mm. AMCO was not a majority trade union. Mm. Mm. We were only at Korea where mm. we were representing. And also at COPI, there were AMCO members who died. So therefore, I, I'm not suggesting that we were not represented, but yeah. we were not in the bargaining forum. So we were not recognized to talk about the interest of the workers, salaries, mm. conditions of employment. Yes. And that's but what I want to... had members being killed at COPI and, because and... the state couldn't differentiate its powers, the duration of powers by the state. And I want us, when we come back, um, you know, from the break, to look at this in, you know, in a broader context, like also you've hinted as well as what Vilagazi has hinted, because, you know, one thinks about this particular industry, you think about that 1946 strike where we saw the African mine workers of the then Vetvatersrand, um, you know, went on strike demanding higher wages. You then see the 1987 strike, which was brutal and intense. And a number of people said that that looked like one of the turning points. But then we find ourselves with Marigana and then fast forward we in 2023 there are so many struggles um, you know that workers continue to face that become compounded even by the issues of the day but let's take a breather and when we come back I want us to look at that particular issue and why things are not changing Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View morning as AFM. Unions are enriching themselves. They are chasing away the investors because they, they demand. So the investors are closing down or retrench workers. So there is an increase in unemployment, in an unemployment. So I don't see the use of unions. They pretend as if they are going to help workers when it's going to be elections. Thank you. All right. Uh, we, do, we thank you for those voice notes there. Let's see what you're also saying on our, our SMS line. Good morning. Yes, we are on a disastrous path under the ANC and we urgently, urgently need to arrest the situation for that collaboration rather than running each other down required. And Matota saying it is good, but will will not like the circus we see in municipalities. And Kuma saying um, what, an, what a credulous 
Gupta's ingullible government, allowing the enemy who blocks the extradition of the Guptas to visit our country. And these, of course, are some of the comments that we, you know, the, would have have there here on our discussion. And some of you saying that, uh, you know, for you, the unions, unfortunately, are not playing their part. But I see some of you um, saying that they still are the vehicle and we're still in conversation with AMCO President Joseph Matunja as well as Deputy President of the NUM, Philip Villagazin. I do understand we have a caller on the line. Good morning to you, sir. Yes. Is it, my, is it me? Yes, it is. It's Ziga Randberg, yes, oh, and I want to challenge, especially uh, Mr. Matunzwa, uh, because I do believe that trade unions are absolutely, vitally essential and indispensable to uh, uh, balance, uh, some, to restore some kind of balance in the disproportionate powers between uh, employers and the most vulnerable of workers who they can bully and exploit uh, to extremes oh. and unfairness. But and trade unions must protect the workers. Yes, indeed. However, we have trade unions who have no qualms, uh, no compunction about uh, taking workers out on starvation for up to half a year, like Mr. Matunjwa has done repeatedly. Hey, and and. We have had unions who have murdered workers who wanted to go back to work because they were starving to death. Uh, they murdered them with, uh, to the tune of 69, it was reported. 69 workers were uh, murdered right, by... Uh, so Tawu, I think, was the outfit that did that, okay, and, and it was just, and and they were, and they caught substantiated the claim of over over fifty workers having All right, been killed. Sick. Thank you so much, Sig. We do appreciate that. Um, unfortunately, we need to get to our discussion now, but we do hear what you're saying, and it is important as you talk about the issues of starvation and some of the issues of brutality, which is where I want us to go to um, with our guests this morning. And and, and, and I'm going to come back to you, but Matunja, I mean, Sig talks about something that I'd like us to segue into before we wrap up our conversation, and that is why things aren't changing. I mean, you look at the 19. 19- 46 strike, you look at the 1987 strike, um, you look at what happened in, in 2012, yet here we are, there's COVID-19, there's still some fatalities in the mines. What's happening? Is, is it the attitude of the mine bosses? Is it who, who is to blame here? To Can blame. I come in? Um, okay, just, okay, let me let me come to you, Bob Villagas, and then I'll, I'll go back to Mr. Matunj. Well, my analysis of the situation is is the understanding of management who are only maintaining or implementing the instruction of their foreign investors mm. until workers have got a hand or a seat in the board of directors of these companies is going to be a continuing struggle like you mentioned if you can go back a bit in the Second World War, when white people were forced to go to the army, blacks were taken on a half salary. You know, this information is in writing. And when we say we fight for the good cause, people are deliberately misquoting us as trade union leaders. How can you allow people who are hardworking 
but be less paid on the basis of a determination of somebody who doesn't even know where is that particular uh, factory in South Africa. Somebody from Australia, somebody from London, and we are told that we are chasing investors. It is a pity that you cannot say, let one day be a fatal accident in the family of the person who is blaming a union. We are pulling hard, Bongiwe, especially during this fatal accident, because you don't know what to explain. The person who is dead hmm. and the person who is at fault, they are all employees. Under a supervision of somebody who has never been in the workplace. Hmm. Even when you go to the workplace, it's only a visit because there is an accident. All right. And and, and, and for you, Mr. Matunjo? Yeah, coming back to your caller, your earlier call. Yeah, yeah. I mean, during the COVID uh, uh, in 2021, Ibanez still water paid his executive, their executive, 800 million during the lockdown, 800 million, and their CEO and 300 million, of which even this year, you got the very same amount of money. And the, 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 the country was shut down, was during the shutdown, but 800 million was paid to the executive. Workers were meant to stay at home and be forced to be vaccinated in order to report for duty. Those are the things that we should, I mean, take into account. And secondly, after that massacre of Marikana, where workers were fighting the employer, which is loan mean, uh, for better wages, 12,500, it was very unfortunate in the democratic setup whereby the state uh, or the government elected by us I mean, as majority black people came and do exactly what the Nationalist Party did in the Sharpville, people fighting, uh, I mean, for their human rights. At Longmin, by then, the workers were earning about 4,000 rand a month. We took over as a majority trade union. We increased the workers of, uh, of uh, the salaries of the workers, changing the conditions of employment of these workers to up to 450%. There is no worker at Lonmin currently, not even Lonmin only. Impala Platinum, which was a former Anglo-American, who's earning an entry level, earning less than 15000 before any benefit. That's the work that we have done. So if there was no trade union, because we undermine the inflation increase, because if we were using uh, the, the, the CPI, I mean, to to give increment, these workers will be still wishing about 7,000 at this, uh, I mean, 2023. But we fought for the rent value as an increment. Those are the benefits of having a militant trade union as AMCO at the workplace. All right. Let me thank you both for your time this morning. Pardon me, we, we're out of time. And uh, I just want to say that this conversation continues and it is just, you know, not over. But let me thank you then both for your time. And as we look forward to see then what tomorrow has in store for the workers, that was Joseph Patunja, president of AMCU, as well as Philip Villagazi, deputy president of the National Union of Mine Workers. Also, thank you so much for your comments this morning. Sipopiri, um, Sihalo, uh, as well as you. Uh, 
you know, Anonymous, Zazondo, um, we thank you. And TG, thank you so much for engaging with us this morning. And that wraps up the weekend edition of this Sunday morning. Do appreciate it. Let's speak again next Sunday. And Musa coming up next with your news.